welcome to The Gold Standard. I'm your host, Asher Brixen Gold. Well, after a long hiatus, we're back, just in time for this godforsaken year of 2020 to end. And although the flipping of a calendar page won't necessarily change anything, hopefully the new year will provide us with some semblance of hope and optimism for the future. But for right now, we're going to finish off the worst year in recent memory by doing a year in review of sorts, talking about the best and worst music to come out of 2020. I'll be joined by my good friend Gabe Lesser to discuss this. We had such a great time discussing music in 2020 that it went a little too long for a typical episode, so I decided to split it into two parts. In this episode, you'll hear our takes on the worst music to come out of 2020, both the worst songs of 2020, as well as the most disappointing album of 2020. And the next episode, we'll discuss the best music to come out of 2020. That episode will be released just after the start of the new year, so look out for that one. In the meantime, feel free to follow the podcast on the socials. If you want to follow us on Facebook, follow us at facebook.com slash thegoldstandardpodcast. If you want to go on Instagram, follow us at thegoldstandardpodcast. Twitter is at goldstandpodcast. Just take out the D-A-R-D out of standard. And if you want to email the show, email us at thegoldstandardpc at gmail.com. And without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back, guys, to the show. I am joined by a really good friend, uh, one of the best, Gabe Lesser. How you doing, <laughs> thank, Gabe? Thank you very much. I'm doing good. So 2020 has happened. Uh, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? 2020, everything that you think can go wrong went wrong. It's pretty Murphy's Law. Uh, it's, it's an incredibly... Uh, horrific year for a lot of different reasons that are pretty glaring and obvious that we don't need to go into right now. Um, however, uh, this year in music overall, I would say, was one of the weird silver linings, one of the one bright spots of the year. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I thought 2020, just looking back at my albums and my songs overall, uh, it was exceptional. I had a hard time picking between which songs to choose because there was so much good material. And I think from some lesser known acts to the big names, everyone kind of had their footprint. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Um, a lot of good releases, some surprise releases, um, and overall a very nice uh, outpouring of expression and just great stuff to listen to uh, in a year that, you know, a lot of movies weren't released because of COVID and production cycles and all that stuff. So a lot of movies weren't released in theaters and, um, you know, not a lot of TV, but people still had their binge watching, but it was really the music that people were able to gravitate towards and listen to because it was just such a, um, a worldwide thing this year and a global thing, which was really great. Um, and a lot to talk about too in music, but, uh, specifically, um, you know, we're going to highlight the good in this, uh, in this segment, and we're going to talk about a lot of the good things that happened in music, but let, let's not forget that there were, there were definitely some, some bad things in music, too. There were some choice songs that I think uh, should be left in 2020. Yeah, so uh, without further ado, I think we're going to get into our top 10 worst songs of 2020. We have a lot of other things that we're going to be talking about, but uh, we want to get into those. And... You know on the gold standard that uh, I like my top 10 videos. I am a big Watch Mojo fan. 
Uh, and so I like making top 10 lists. I like making rankings. So this is a great time to really talk about specifically why things are positioned in the way they are. And for top 10 worst songs, I think specifically we have a lot going for it. I mean, it was pretty tough to choose. Um, and honestly, it took a while to really figure out, like, on a scale of badness, which ones were worse, right? Wouldn't you say so? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, just like with the good, there also was the bad. And uh, sometimes you don't realize how bad a thing is until you hear the good. And then you're like, oh, that's not just not good. It's actually bad. Yeah. It's... um. The comparisons, the, the, the contrast is pretty amazing. Um, but so let's get into it. Uh, so what we're going to start by doing is we're going to sort of split them up. Uh, we have 10 songs, uh, 10 through 6 we're going to do first, and then we're going to do 5 through 2. Then we're going to each do our number 1. Um, and let's give uh, shorter descriptions, I guess, for 10 through 6. You can still give a little bit of an explanation, but, um, you know, let's, let's start. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, so top 10 worst, number 10, Surgery by YG. Uh, the album was not good. This song is misshapen. The lyrics are tragically bad. I would caution you against looking at the genius. It's interesting, but the, the lyrics are not good. Number nine, Franchise by Travis Scott featuring MIA. Uh, deep Disappointment. I am a Travis Scott appreciator, and his latest single was Rehashed Trends, uh, Lazy Brag Rap, a very empty song, did not like the features. I'll pass. Uh, number eight, unfortunately, we have Entrepreneur by Pharrell and Jay-Z. I understand what the song was set out to be. It's supposed to be a black empowerment anthem about uh, black ownership, which is important and i support it uh the song however uh very lazily written and the chorus gets monotonous as hell i don't like it hmm. number seven we have one whole day by dixie d'amelio uh for those who don't know dixie d'amelio is a popular tiktok celebrity and she doesn't do much but like every useless celebrity she decided to Try her hand in music uh, with One Whole Day, which actually features Wiz Khalifa. Uh, the song, if you have never heard it, I do recommend listening to it for the chorus, which has a whole lot of reallys. This song is really, 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 really sad. Man, a whole lot of red and a whole lot of really this year. <laughs> Indeed. Number six, we have Private Show by Britney Spears. I don't know how many people even knew that Britney Spears was dropping an album in 2020, but I strongly recommend that you do not listen to it. It's not good. And this particular number was supposed to be a sexy burlesque anthem uh, that has awful cringy lyrics, a very muddled beat, and a very aging pop star who probably needs to stay in the past. Yeah, to see it. those are um, those are definitely some picks. Uh, I I was struggling with that as well. That's um, a pretty pretty great list to start. I gotta say because mm -hmm. some of those artists you mentioned are either on my list uh, or just 
just missed the cut. And <laughs> so I'm going to start with my 10. Uh, and number 10, we have Wee by Trippy Red. Um, I don't think I heard an album that hurt my brain as much as Pegasus did this mm-hmm. year. Um, that was a wreck <laughs> of an album. And uh, it was quite something to behold. But we... Uh, you can really put any song on this list uh, and it'd be fine. But We was really special because the end just featured like a 15 second outro of him saying we and then like a, a mouth farting noise. Not pleasant. For like five seconds. Like, and that's the song. Uh, so I was very disappointed, but, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I think I should have known what I was supposed to expect from this but there we go we number 10 uh number nine we have um detroit legend big sean with harder than my demons and look Mm -hmm. i know this is going to get a lot of flack from the hip-hop community who loves big sean for some reason but i have never seen it i have never understood it um big sean is one of those rappers that yes he has some lyrical ability sometimes and can flow decently from time to time and that's fine but the problem is in the saturated market when there's a lot of bad rapping that makes him seem very good by comparison when in actuality he's not that great and um it's pretty clear in this song how like not great he is so first of all uh, his album Detroit 2, and I'm sorry I'm spending a lot of time with this. This one irked me a lot. And the fact that it's 9 compared to a higher number is us doing a service to the song, uh, in my opinion. So, um, going off from that, I'd say that, um, you know, Heart of My Demons in its core is coming after a part of Detroit 2, his latest album, which has a feature, an interlude, an interview of Dave Chappelle, and he talks about living in his city and how his city built him. And that's, like, a really incredible introspective moment, being played with wonderful jazz classical music played in the background. And that's a really good moment. And he does this three times with three really great people, Erica Badu, and uh, I believe Stevie Wonder as well. And it's really wonderful. But after this moment, oh my goodness, he comes in with this weird ruckus of a beat (laughs) wouldn't you say so like the beat is very unconventional and i'm just not a fan of that style yeah it's he comes in with this beat after this really nice luscious jazz and then just pretty much makes a wreck out of it and like (laughs) some of the bars on this are just so yikes It, it really hit me uh he also flexed about not doing flu shots which i don't know why you would need to flex about that and then all the way down after that he does a weird triplet flow switch up and then after that so all of that is really weird and then at the end though he decides to switch up the last minute to a gospel outro on the same song that he's like trying to do a banger and it just doesn't work at all and i'm sorry um, but that's why it's my number nine. I think it's just, he's one of these, he's one of these artists who like has it, but then immediately disappoints or ruins the song in some way, shape or form. And this is very clear and very evident given the context of the album. So sorry about that rant. I didn't know I was going to go into a rant that long. Um, 
I'll, I'll speed up with the other uh, three choices. Number eight, uh, it's Krabby Step. Mm. Um, yeah, initially I heard this song and I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. Um, but, oof. Yeah. Remember when Spongebob movies had good music? Like, I do. Like, they had, like, Ween, and they had Ocean Man, and they had uh, The Shins. Great movies in general. Yeah, really good movies. And so I'm a little bit disappointed in this because of the soundtrack, and it's really making me feel low expectations coming to the third movie. And I'm somebody who liked the second movie. So, um, anyway, Krabby Step, uh, it just really generic... Uh, Spongebob theme switch up uh, that sounds like an Attic Stein YouTube remix uh, and just terrible lyrics from Swaley, Tyga, but I mean Little Mosey just takes the cake. So yeah, that's, and the, and the chorus is, oh my god. Number seven, I couldn't agree with you more, Gabe. Franchise is really just not good. And listen, I get some of the Travis Scott hype. I, I totally get it. He's a very good producer. But when he comes out with a weak production like this, um, I don't really see the appeal. His rapping's not good. Uh, Young Thug is actually probably the best part of this song. <laughs> and I don't, like, say that that often. M.I.A., oh my, I'm so, I feel so bad for... <laughs> it was a huge miss for her, Oh my goodness. And so M.I.A., and then just part of the mixing seemed off. Like, the cuts in the certain beat switch-ups were just off by a few seconds, and it was pretty evident and clear. Even the outro felt, like, a little bit sort of uh, janky. And so uh, just coming from a good producer like Travis Scott, it was really disappointing to hear this. Uh, and number six... Oh, okay. I don't know if this is going to be on your list, so I, I want to go into it a little bit. Um, you Know You Lit by the Dobre Brothers... And Little Pump. Um, yeah, Little Pump really had a year, didn't he, Gabe? Little Pump had one of the most 2020 years possible. And you know what? He deserved it. <laughs> yeah, he certainly did. I could have gone Little Pimp. Um, I didn't listen to the song. I didn't give him the satisfaction of listening to his song. I, I looked at the lyrics. They weren't good. Um, but, yeah, so I, I just had to do You Know You Lit. Um, Dobry Brothers YouTube sensations for doing absolutely nothing. Um, and so they, you know, like everybody, decided to make music, and they made hip-hop. Not good. Not good. Uh, and the music video is even cringier. Little Pumps verse. He kind of gets outshined by one of the Dobre Brothers, <laughs> which is really weird, and it's just not good. The music video is really awkward. Um, just not a good time. So that's my number six. So as we get into our five through two, what doozies do you have up for us this time, Gabe? Uh, great. Thank you. So we have number five, Punani by 6 9 uh, 6 9 a.k.a. Daniel Hernandez, is uh, not a great guy. Uh, was recently released from prison um, from pretty much snitching out his entire gang. And he decided to celebrate his freedom with an album that no one cared about. And you probably don't even remember that it was released because mm -hmm. it got no traction and nobody liked it. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's, I forgot that was the song. Yeah. Punani. Uh, awful verses from him as usual. It's, I think, barely over two minutes. 
and it's still awful, and I don't recommend it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right, number four, Popstar. Technically by DJ Khaled, but it's a Drake song, it's let's a, be It's honest. a Drake project, yeah. Where do I begin? Mm. DJ Khaled has been in the music industry a long time. He has made many songs, and he has lots of famous friends. And sometimes DJ Khaled enlists his famous friends to help him write a song, Mm -hmm. such as with Popstar. It is a lazy song by all people involved. The beat is dry. And Drake's rapping, I think, is really what does it for me. Mm. His rapping is monotone. There is no passion in his voice. And there are zero bars detected. Uh, Drake, I expect better. Yeah. Um, gotta be honest, I kind of, you know, that, that's, a, that's a middling song. Because it um, has some good elements. But overall, yeah, Drake, definitely, the flow is off. Um, and the music video, I would say, is also pretty, pretty cringe, too. It's a very self-serving music video where the inside joke is that Justin Bieber is friends with all these people. Look at him. He's famous and his friends are famous and they're all famous. And it's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't feel like a great music video. Um, so, yeah, keep going. <laughs> OK, number three, we have the aforementioned track. Wee by Trippy Red. There's not much else I have to say about this track. It's one of the worst things I have heard in my entire life. I really do not recommend listening to Trippy Red's album at all, unless you want your ears to bleed. Mm. Bleed. I really don't recommend it. At <laughs> uh, number two, we have The Return of one of the biggest pop stars in the globe. Justin Bieber, number two is Yummy, girl, you got that really shitty song that he definitely wrote in three minutes. I don't think I've heard a cleaner song that is very, very dirty. Um, There's not much I have to say about this song. It's lazy. It is not interesting. And the way that he uses the word yummy... Uh, makes me never want to hear Justin Bieber sing again. Sorry, Jay Biebs, uh, you don't deserve the Grammy for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just great, great, great choices. Again, like, if you saw my face, it's just going like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good choice, good choice. So, uh, just great, great choices. I'm going to go down my list. So, number five. Uh... Remember Don't Trust Me? That song back in the day? That that banger of a song with very <laughs> insensitive lyrics. It made middle school very fun, but I don't think I've heard them since middle school. Yeah, well, 303 is back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with Lonely Machines, uh, a passion project, a group project, with 100 gecks. Now, I didn't listen to 100 Gex before I heard this song, so I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, Gabe heard 100 Gex before, right? I recommended it to him on the basis that you listen to them and you wonder what the kids are up to these days. Mm, Okay, so uh, I listened to Lonely Machines first, and 
man, just a terrible song. Awful. In every way, shape, and form. Like, the intro beat, this is supposed to be a banger, right? And, like, just these generic MIDI drums that they have in the start, and, like, the lyrics are terrible. He's doing, like, a callback to, like, the I'm a vegetarian and I am fucking scared of him line with, (laughs) he says he got beef, and it's just so, so cringy, and, like, 100 gex also. I don't like them. <laughs> I really don't. No, I, I, I'm sure they're great people, but I don't like their music. Um, and it's very evident. If I heard Stupid Horse this year, if I heard um, Money Machine, and I, I thought that came out, oh, thank goodness it came out last year. Otherwise, this would, that would be on the list. That's awful. But <laughs> besides the point, um, just really bad, uh, really hurt to listen to. Uh, number four... Yeah, it's um it is a 6/9 song, but it is not uh it's not Punani, it's Gooba. Ah. It's Gooba. Um <laughs> I mean take your pick with this man. Uh <laughs> There's a lot of bad songs to choose from. Very very bad songs um talking about how he thinks other people uh, are trying to play him for clout uh when he literally does that all the time. This is a song all about projection. Um and it's done with some of the worst lyrics I've heard all year. Um, it's just really, and oh man, the production too. I mean, mm. if you want just like a carnivorous earwig put into your ear, uh, but like don't have to pay for it, I, I recommend listening to this song. It is, it is really just so bad. Um, and I mean, what's number three? I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Okay, number, oh, okay. <laughs> number three. Um, you know, he ran for president. Mm. Uh, Kanye West. Na-na-na. Mm. Uh, Na-na-na is my response. Yeah. Na-na-na. Wow. What a song. How do I talk about Na-na-na? Um, just alone, the fact that he is a producer. You know, he, he's, he's a producer, and at the very least, his music when the lyrics are shit poor or bad, you can say, well, the production is decent. Even with Jesus is King, some of the production uh, and the Sunday service choir and all that stuff is very well done in certain regards. Uh, the lyrics are another story and very entitled, but the production's very, very good. And then you have this song, where he came out with a sour, off-key pipe flute or a pan flute, or a pan maybe? flute it doesn't sound very good and it's just like the weirdest sample and intro you could use to just completely start from the bottom like you're at rock bottom at that point so you better have bars and lo and behold he doesn't have bars <laughs> yeah. uh he raps about being a presidential candidate about having all the maneuvers which <laughs> And just the chorus is so whack. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, he, I know he released some decenter songs this year in like Blood on the Sand, but oh my god, that no, 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 was so bad. Release Donda or don't. I don't care. Just don't release this, please. Uh, okay, number two. Let's let's do a little bit brighter, a little bit happier. Mm. So there was a hip hop Twitter thing recently. Uh, and there was um, a post that said, why 
does Dixie D'Amelio mm. have more monthly listeners than Frank Ocean? True fact. Look it up on Spotify. Yes. I give you one whole day. <laughs> this song is the culmination of what TikTok has built to. You know? You have a super mega star that got famous for doing viral dances. Her sister, mostly. Her sister is famous. True, true. I don't, I'm not even in the loop that much. <laughs> and I still know that this song is trash. Um, I've seen some of their YouTube videos. They've transitioned to YouTube, all of them. And I've seen their YouTube videos. And it's, it's not looking good, folks. It's just not. Um, <laughs> so what makes you think that she can do music? <laughs> Lo and behold, here we are. Um, with a song, the songwriter is the luckiest person in the world. Are you kidding me? You get paid to write this music? And, like, he must have gotten paid really well, because she didn't get writing credits. <laughs> um, so, anyway, I mean, the chorus, you heard it from Gabe. For one day, one day, I was really, 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 really sad. For one day, one whole day, I miss you really, 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 really bad. Um, and, like, guys, I hate to break it to you, but... I feel like Dixie D'Amelio was trying to sound like she wasn't sad that long in the lyrics, but it felt as if she felt like she said that like it was a bad thing. Like, oh, I felt mm -hmm. so sad for one whole day <laughs> instead of like, oh, I only felt sad for one whole day. It, like it, it felt really weird, like a really weird tone shift. Um, and, and it just felt like, her positioning on all of this was really weird. And the Wiz Khalifa part, um, true, uh, was truly a Wiz Khalifa part. Um, and also his auto-tune singing? I don't think I've ever heard Wiz Khalifa auto-tune sing, uh, but I don't recommend it. No. Sorry, Wiz. Uh, Black and Yellow was a decade ago. No keys. Push to start. You know? Uh, push to stop, maybe. Push the stop. Um, okay, so sorry I got into a little bit more of a rant there, but let's get into um, our number ones. What is your number one, Gabe? Krabby Step. It is Krabby Step. Okay, okay. Uh, Krabby Step is awful. I'm pretty sure it's classified as a weapon in 15 countries. <laughs> um, every single verse somehow gets worse. They picked... Three of some of the worst rappers. I mean, if you're going to do the crossover movie soundtrack song, fine. But get some talent. Lil Mosey, Tyga. Sway Lee. Sway Lee. Like, where's the talent in this? They shoehorn in SpongeBob so hard. Mm -hmm. I get that it's a SpongeBob song. And yet they couldn't make it sound smoother or more natural. It seemed very insert corporate product here. Um, and the beat is literally just every meme compilation background music in a beat. No, you, thank you. Never give up, dude. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> Sounded kind of DJ Khaledy, honestly. It did, it did. Um, okay, so my number one, you've said it. Um, this was nominated for a Grammy. Mm. This was nominated for a Grammy. The Grammys had problems <laughs> this year, which we will not get into, but they had problems. Um, yeah, so you were right when you said this song is like a Brazilian wax because it's clean, like super clean, uh, sexual, 
and also very painful. Mm. You know, very painful to listen to. Uh, yummy. Um, and, you know, I was going to do Holy for this mm. list. I have to be honest. I might have been thinking Holy um, because I didn't like uh, how his lyrics made him come off so poorly to everybody. Well, Justin is in his new phase. He was the heartthrob, and then he was the bad boy, mm-hmm. and now he's just a good Christian father. Yes, and I mean, like, with those lyrics, like, I'm not a sinner, but I ain't no saint, you know? Mm. And, like, <laughs> Very the pimps and the players say, don't keep rushing. <laughs> it's, I, I, I was just, and then the chance verse is a whole nother story, but... You know, at least with that, and part of it was the push-out and the rollout of that song. They did that. They did an acoustic cover. They did it on SNL. They did the whole nine yards with it. Um, But this song, the rollout was just as bad. Mm. And so I felt like this song is worse also, just objectively worse. You can still see something in Holy and still be like, okay, yeah, fine. But this song, there's nothing redeeming about it. Uh, it says the word yummy, I think, like 60 times in the song, in a two-minute song. Too much yummy. Uh, way too much yummy, and the beat is very drab, uh, very, very bubblegummy, but, like, all the bad versions of bubblegum, like, uh, try putting, like, 50 double bubbles in your mouth and try to chew. <laughs> like, you can't. You'll choke. Uh, it's that kind of bubblegum. Mm. Um, and, yeah, just really bad stuff, Justin. With a really bad music video to boot, uh, and you pressured your fans into, you know, trying to sleep while listening to the music to get more streams. There were some definitely uh, interesting marketing tactics that the label used to push the song. And you were disappointed that your songs and records didn't get nominated for R&B Album of the Year with a song like Yummy, Mm. a classic R&B banger. Um, no, I, I, I'm sorry, Justin. I'm sorry, but you get my number one spot. You really disappointed me this year. Uh, I just gotta say it. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. So those were our top 10 worst songs of 2020. And obviously there were a lot more songs we could have chosen, but I think that these are really the cream of the crop for awfulness. Wouldn't you say, Gabe? These are the worst of the worst in a very worst year. Yeah. Um, but you know. Uh, we're going to get into the good stuff really soon, I promise. But uh, we're going to talk one more uh, low light. Uh, this is our most disappointing album of the year. Hmm. Um, and, you know, this is not necessarily the worst album of the year because, you know, I heard some bad albums this year. I mean, we both have. Um, but this is an album that, you know, we expected going in to be better than it actually was. Um, and you know, I'll go first. I'll I'll go first and talk about my most disappointing album. Now, there are a lot of bad albums this year. Again, like I said, um, you know, Pegasus, very bad. Um, uh, Drake's Dark Clean demo tapes, which is a demo tape, I guess, but still bad. But, you know, those didn't really disappoint me because I didn't really expect anything from those artists releasing those songs and those tracks. But there was one man this year who had a really impressive rollout of singles and then released an album that just hit me in the heart, like really made me shocked that there was such a drop off. And I guess it's because maybe the singles were the best part of it. And after that, he just had a little bit of filler and that's Joji's nectar Mm. nectar by Joji. 
Um, when he released ballads uh, back a few years ago, you know, it wasn't I wasn't crazy about it. It was like six to seven songs. Uh, but I definitely saw that there was potential. There were definitely a few good songs on it. Um, and, you know, he's trying to shed the Filthy Frank moniker and become an artist, and I'm proud of him for that. And I enjoy his aesthetics, and I enjoy his music videos. And, um, you know, I was really excited going into it because um, he released three either really great tracks or decent tracks. So all positive in some way. Uh, he released Run, which was amazing, with a really good accompany- accompanying music video. Uh, he released uh, Gimme Love, which is fine. Uh, not bad, but, um, you know, it's fine. Uh, and he released um, Daylight with Diplo, which I thought was a really good, refreshing song, really great music video, uh, really stylistic. And, you know, I thought he was going somewhere with these songs. And then he released Nectar. and. Oh my goodness. Um, just from the get-go, Nectar was pretty bad. Uh, if we're looking just at the album itself, um, Nectar was just really not for me, I guess, is what I have to say. It was for some people. Uh, there was you that started it off, and I didn't like that one bit. That was a very bad intro. Modus and TikTok were also pretty lazy. And then you had Daylight, which was very good. Uh, but that was also a single, so we heard that, and then it kept going, and Run was there, Gimme Love was there, uh, a few good notes, uh, and also a, a very disappointing song, High Hopes, with Omar Apollo, you know, I like Omar Apollo, I just thought, like, it was not a good combo. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the album? Yeah, there were definitely some people who are praising it. I'm personally not a super big fan of his kind of sleepier R&B-ish, hip-hop-y kind of style. I appreciate the aesthetic. I understand what he's going for. And this album just really didn't grab me. There were lots of sour tunes. There were lots of duds in the track list. And there were lots of moments when I just, I wanted more from him and he really didn't deliver. Yeah, yeah, I would would definitely say that. Um, For example, I mean, Pretty Boy. Uh, was on my worst songs list. Mm. It didn't make it into my top 10, but it, it just, what a song. Like, I, I can't believe he wrote a song like that um, and featured Lil Yachty, and Lil Yachty was the guy who actually sounded better in the song. Um, that's hard to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, his singing... He only has such an extent to how he can sing. He has a very low ceiling when it comes to his voice. So if you're making songs that are very voice heavy, um, it's very hard for you to win that battle when it comes to songwriting. So I I just, it it was very disappointing to me. And I think it was more disappointing because the rollout of the singles was so good Mm. and the music videos were so good. So it got me hyped uh, thinking about the progression and the projection of what this album would be, but ultimately it seemed like those singles were the the meat of, um, you know, the album, and that ended up being really the album. Mm. So what would you say is your worst album, or not worst, sorry, but most disappointing album mm. of 2020? I'm going to go with Miss Anthropocene by Grimes. I don't know if this is known. I am a huge Grimes fan. I think she is a brilliant songwriter. 
She does really interesting things with sound and noise. She blends together a crap ton of different genres. And I really, really enjoy her 2015 album, Art Angels. I think it is some of the zaniest pop music out there. If you have not heard it, check it out. It's definitely off the wall, so be prepared for that. But great album. And so coming from that, I really had high expectations from her, especially because she was dropping some pretty okay singles. Uh, Nothing crazy, but definitely things that I was into. And then she entered the strange relationship with Elon Musk and had the baby and things were going a little weird for her. And I really wanted the best for her. You know, I I wanted things to work out. Obviously, I wanted uh, the child to turn out fine, which it it did. Um, And her relationship with Elon Musk definitely puzzled me, especially because if you know her roots, she definitely is a very anti-capitalist, very quirky, kind of artsy Mm -hmm. uh, type of musician. And she put out Miss Anthropocene sometime in the spring, I want to say. And it was just too sleepy. I really was disappointed. There were lots of tracks that dragged on too long. A lot of the experiments didn't work. And I don't know. I just, she's given me such zany, harebrained albums that, you know, when you get this like five minute droning synth wave song that doesn't go anywhere, I'm like, where's the pop? Where's the intrigue? Yeah, you're, you're expecting a lot more pep and a lot more like impact mm. than the actual outcome of the songs uh, that's a really good choice mm. uh but yeah so you know not necessarily the worst albums of the year but definitely albums that really took us and threw us for a loop um as to what we were expecting from them and so that's why those are our most disappointing albums of 2020 uh coming up we will do our best of the year uh always gotta finish strong and have our best of the year so we're gonna be doing our top 50 songs of 2020 and we'll be doing our top 30 albums of 2020 so stick around and we'll be back after this commercial break instead of a commercial break however we're gonna pick up right where we left off tomorrow at the start of the new year discussing our top 50 songs of 2020 and our top 30 albums of 2020 I want to thank Gabe for his insight and analysis. You'll hear more of his opinions tomorrow, as well as mine. I'm going to close today's episode with two poems, both about the new year. The first one being very solemn, dark, and somber, and the second one being uplifting, bright, and positive. And I'm going to read them back to back, because I believe they work in tandem, acknowledging and recognizing how terrible this year was, while providing some hope and inspiration for the new year. The first poem is called Year's End by Richard Wilbur. Now winter downs the dying of the year, and night is all a settlement of snow. From a soft street the rooms of houses show a gathered light, a shape and atmosphere, like frozen over lakes whose ice is thin and still allows some stirring down within. I've known the wind by water banks to shake, the late leaves down which frozen where they fell, and held in ice as dancers in a spell fluttered all winter long into a lake, graved on the dark and gestures of descent, they seemed their own most perfect monument. There was perfection in the death of ferns, which laid in fragile cheeks against the stone a million years, great mammoths overthrown, composedly have made their long sojourns like palaces of patience in the gray, and changeless lands of ice 
and at Pompeii the little dog lay curled and did not rise, but slept the deeper as the ashes rose, and found the people incomplete and froze the random hands, the loose unready eyes of men expecting yet another son to do the shapely thing they had not done. These sudden ends of time must give us pause. We fray into the future, rarely wrought, save in the tapestries of the afterthought. More time, more time, barrages of applause come muffled from a buried radio. The New Year bells are wrangling with the snow. This next poem is by an unknown author, and it's simply titled New Year. At the sound of the tolling midnight bell, a brand new year will begin. Let's raise our hopes in a confident toast to the promise it ushers in. May your battles be few, your pleasure many, your wishes and dreams fulfilled. May your confidence stand in the face of loss and give you the strength to rebuild. May peace of heart fill all your days, may serenity grace your soul. May tranquil moments bless your life and keep your spirit whole. And it's important to grasp what these two poems are saying, each of them specifically. And it's been said thousands of times at this point, but it is important to reiterate how short our time is on this earth and how bad things can happen. And 2020 was an awful year. Millions dying and suffering from COVID, systemic racism and police brutality continuing to ravage disenfranchised communities of color, and an environmental crisis with no end in sight. But even from all this darkness, there was light. People began to wake up and started to see what this country truly was, and still is, a mess. With the help of black educators, journalists, protesters, activists, and organizers, more people are being taught about the true history of the United States of America, and more people are revolutionized and motivated to do something about it. The same goes for climate change, for women's rights, for trans rights, for anti-war, and for many other issues plaguing not only this nation, but nations across the globe. So, as the Earth completes another orbit around the Sun, let's head into 2021 with the inspiration and motivation needed to take direct action and fight for what's truly important. Universal healthcare, a transition to renewable energy sources, stricter gun control laws, a reversal of continued voter suppression tactics, justice for the countless amount of black and brown people who have lost their lives at the hands of police, a complete dismantling of the systemically racist police departments and criminal justice system, higher taxes for the rich, a redistribution of wealth, an end to imperialism, and the destruction of capitalism. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank you for giving me your time, energy, and support during these past few months while I've started to get this thing off the ground. And I want to thank you for continuing to listen, continuing to offer each other that dialogue and that discourse, and continuing to learn, and continuing to fight for what's right. We're going to get through this. We are. One way or another, we're going to get through this. I wish you a good riddance 2020, a happy new year, a happy 2021, and may your new year be filled with happiness, vibrance, life, love, success, because you deserve it. We all deserve it after the year we've been through. We're going to put our best foot forward. We're going to have a great year, but we're also going to stay safe and love one another, reach out to one another, and be there for one another, like we've always done and like we'll continue to do. Stay safe, everybody, and I'll catch you in 2021. <laughs>